You know, John, losing to the Chiefs, there's no shame in that. But what bothered me about the Vikings' loss on Sunday is just how disorganized they so often looked. Uh, they're they're heading toward a a must-win game, a true must-win game for the first time this season, and they just look out of sorts. I want to get into that with you. This is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. If you like the show or any show at TalkNorth.com, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Viking Update Show is coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. I want to thank our many sponsors, Aquarius Home Services, Twill in the Dyna Galleria, TSR Injury Law, Star Bank, and Tuttles. And we will uh, be telling you more about some of the live shows we have coming up from TalkNorth.com. Thanks so much for listening. So, John, it just felt like, you know, they had trouble getting plays in. They wasted timeouts. They didn't manage the clock properly. Uh, they took delayed game penalties in crucial situations. It just felt like for a team that prides itself on being a precision offensive operation, that they are not where they should be in year two. Yeah, I, that was my big takeaway, Jim, um, walking out of the stadium on Sunday night. And that's what I wrote about at The Athletic as well, is uh, they have become this season a team that is pretty easy to play against in that they have all of these self-inflicted wounds, um, whether it is timeout usage, whether it's challenging a play that really you have no chance of overturning and losing a timeout that way, um, game management, drops, turnovers, things of that nature that are more on the Vikings themselves than on what an opponent is doing to them from an execution standpoint. And I think that should be a big concern for them right now because all of these games that they're playing in are fairly close, once again, just like last season. But last season, they found ways to make plays and to make it hard on their opponents to beat them. But this year, they are making it very easy on their opponents to beat them, and that's coaching, that's, um, that's, that's just football IQ and intelligence with the players, and it's just not been a smart team all season long. And that, I think, is the biggest reason that they're they're one and four right now is they just keep making stupid mistakes over and over in these games to put themselves in in disadvantageous positions, and then they can't uh, they can't overcome those. Yes, and I've already had you know Viking fans say, "Hey, this proves that last year's mirage." And this is listen. I, I think they earned thirteen victories last yes, year. Uh, they, did. they they won clo- winning close games is an art. They were good at it last year. They aren't good at it this year. And but that the regression is what bothers me. They should be getting better at situational football, and they're getting worse. And and what if you were going to be optimistic about this year's team? One of the reasons you were going to be optimistic about it is. Cousins, finally, second year of an offensive system. Same offensive coaches. Young, accomplished offensive coaches. Adding to the offensive arsenal. Addison, full season of Hawkinson. Uh, the offensive line, you know, should be at least a touch better, at least theoretically. Now they bring, I mean, it feels like this is an offensive team that needs to beat you with his offense and it's something's off. And Cousins talked about yesterday, last night, about being a little bit high with his passes. And we, we're seeing drop passes. We're seeing passes that, you know, you can't, maybe necessarily can't, 
can't call it a pure drop, but you would like to see a highly paid player like Hawkinson or Jefferson come down with it. Something's a little off, and the essence of great offensive football is being exactly on. I covered a lot of the great 49ers teams, and when Joe Montana or Jerry or, or, or Steve Young threw a pass to Jerry Rice, he caught it in stride and ready to make a move. Right, We're seeing receivers all over the field reaching for the ball and not bringing it down. That doesn't work. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. And um, the I thought the defining sequence of the of this season really came in the fourth quarter uh, of the game. They're trying to they're down seven points. There's five minutes to go in the game, and they're they've they've rolled right down the field to basically a second and seven at the. Uh, chiefs like 19 or 20 yard line they're right they're they're getting right into range and they're they're having success moving the ball uh there it is very conceivable that they're going to go in and score and tie this game and really like then let's see what happens let's play but you look at um then on second and seven they have the perfect call set up for this all-out blitz that the chiefs throw at them it's a screen pass to madison Mm-hmm. Cousins lays it out there. Madison just drops it. And Cousins made some throws that that were off the mark. But Madison, that one, should have just caught it, and he would have kept going. It w- it could have been a touchdown. At minimum, it's a first down, first yep. and goal-ish, and, 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 and they're in business. So second and seven, then third and seven, there's an incompletion. So it's fourth and seven, and O'Connell gets aggressive and says, no, we're going to stay on the field. I like the call. Um, but you get a delay a game penalty and, and so now it's fourth and 12 and now because they used all three of their timeouts in the first 20 minutes of the half, second half, one on a challenge that O'Connell never should have challenged, um, one on a substitution where they were late getting personnel onto the field for a fourth and one for the chiefs, they were all out of timeouts, So they had to go for it with four, you know, almost five minutes left because they didn't have any timeouts to stop the Chiefs on the other end. And it was fourth and 12 and they went for it. And, you know, Cousins was hit. They wanted a penalty on McDuffie, eh, whatever. It was it was kind of wishy-washy on, on whether it was or not. But um, this these are the kinds of things that they are doing on a regular basis. We saw in the Chargers game, where at the end of the end at the end of the game when Cousins should have clocked it and there was all sorts of confusion, it just is disorganized right now. And they have to wrap their arms around this and 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 get more control of their game management because um, they they're going. This is a team that was always going to operate with a very little margin for error. They're going to be right on the razor's edge, win or lose, just like last year. They won so many of those games because they played smart, because they came up with the big plays when they needed them. This year, they're not playing smart at all, and so they are sacrificing any chances to win games. Now they're one and four, four with three home losses already on their schedule. It's it's not it's not good. It is not, and they go to Chicago and. And fortunately for them, Bears are playing better. I don't know if they're good, but they're playing much better the last two weeks. At least they're dangerous offensively. Uh, this is kind of ex- existential here. You know, this is truly the first must-win week of the season. They win this game. There's at least a theoretical path back to contention. They lose this week, and 
who knows what happens. I mean, that, you know, they lose this week, then all the crazy things people were saying three weeks ago become more sane. <laughs> you know, maybe you do trade Cousins. Maybe you do give it up. Maybe you do tank for the for for a good quarterback this year. Yeah, I mean, that that that's the the thing is is that yeah, it, assuming I'm kind of assuming Jim that Jefferson isn't playing next right. week. Um, they 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 could be underdogs going into that game, right? Like in Chicago without Justin Jefferson, just think that you might be the underdog to the Chicago Bears who have been an absolute dumpster fire of an organization. Um, you talk about disorganization, like they are the the absolute biggest example of that. Now I know they played, you know, Fields played well uh last week and 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 against Washington and and they put up some numbers and so they feel a little better about themselves, but in general, they've been terrible. And now the the Vikings have the same record as the Bears and they might be underdogs because they don't have Jefferson and just because of how they are playing, like you just see this team as being vulnerable to losing every single week, not only because of talent issues or because of defensive deficiencies or offensive line problems, but because you because they constantly make mistakes to shoot themselves in the foot and that that's just not going to be a good good combination and you're right like if it gets you have that and then you have San Francisco and and it can get to 1 and 6 1 and 7 you're at Green Bay um after that like it can get really bad really quickly and yeah then you have to have the discussions do you trade cousins do you do you you know start to really pull everything back do you rest Jefferson all those things um that this team did not want to have those discussions, but we are staring right down the barrel of those. And it's not that far away. If things don't turn around quickly here, I thought I, we haven't really gotten an explanation. I found it interesting that Reisner did not play again on Sunday. I thought this would be the right time to bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't ask about him after the game. I, I mean, that was certainly not high on my list, but, right. um, you know, you looked at again, Kirk cousins was under a lot of pressure. Um, they, the, the chiefs, which who have a very good defense um, really were aggressive. Uh, there were times where they were bullying. I thought cousins actually, I know some of its throws were off, but I thought like his ability to step up in the pocket and, and make some plays down the field was actually pretty good from what I've seen from him over the course of his career here. Just his mobility, I thought was pretty good and it needed to be because he was always under pressure. And so uh, I do wonder, like, what is it going to take now? Does that mean that they've seen Reisner in practice? And hey, you know, there's a reason that he was available, and he's just he's not an upgrade over Ed Ingram. Um, that I don't know, but you did bring him in. They brought in Cam Akers. He is starting to get more run and more burn, but Reisner has kind of been sitting there. And there, the 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 I wouldn't say I would not say that Ed Ingram has like performed well and say okay no he's he 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 was scared by bringing someone in and now he's really stepped his game up i just they have not brought him in yet so i don't know what it is going to take to get reisner some snaps but that's another you know uh another change that might be available to them to give them a, a, at least a chance of some different looks here because every game that inside interior of the offensive line is not holding up and uh, and that's it's just a problem. 
Yes, and and I don't have any inside intel on this, but no. my guess my guess is that uh, when a player holds out and misses training camp, yeah. it just it takes a lot longer to get him really game ready than you would like it to, to be. And it's one thing to say stick him in there, but you can't you can't stick him in there. And then if you stick him in there, either he gets hurt or isn't ready, then you're putting Ingram back in there uh, anyway. So uh, not a not a great situation. It's, that's why that's why the hey go sign this guy, you know. Uh, screams from the masses during during the season are not always realistic. It's just not that easy to plug and play in the NFL. Yeah, especially during the season, as you know, Jim, where like the practices are just totally different. Like this is not conducive to getting someone in game shape um, and with the way that teams practice now. And so many of the reps, which are fairly minimal, to be honest, are geared toward the starters like they just have to get those chances in and get those reps in and um and get ready to go and it's harder to work someone in that way but the other part about it that you have to at least consider is why was he available right like he sat on the market and and out there for anyone to sign for quite a while and maybe there was part of him that was trying to be selective and in getting the right deal for himself. Um, but in general, there are not a lot of guys that are just on the street out there waiting that are surefire, plug them in, and he's going to be great type of players. Like that's just that's the reality of the situation as well. There are so many roster spots available for teams across the league 32 teams with all those spots and it doesn't mean that everyone who doesn't have a job is not good at all but i think like there's always this sort of expectation when a player like this is signed you're like okay problems are solved he's going to come right in he's going to solidify everything and um and we're just going to get rolling which is exactly the way they want to and Sometimes it's just you he comes in and you look you get a really good look at him up close and personal like yeah he's solid player but um A he's going to take some time to get up and rolling and B maybe he's not you know the the be all and end all and the and the and the biggest you know most easy answer that's just going to plug in there right away and, and and solve all of our issues. No doubt about it. All right, let's get into some more issues, including the defense and the upcoming schedule, what's happening in the division. Uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Fall is in full swing and temperatures are dropping. That means furnace season is here again. Is yours up to another long, cold winter? Scott for Aquarius Home Services with some good news. Aquarius has extended their fall blowout sale through November 18th. That means 25% off whole home heating and cooling systems. 25% off a new furnace and AC system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com to schedule your free in-home consultation and enjoy a cozy, comfy home all winter long. I also want to tell you about Twill by Scott Dayton, my friend Scott Dayton in the Edina Galleria. I've been shopping there for many years. They've been supporting this network for many years. I bought Stenstrom dress shirts there. I bought really nice Italian suits for weddings and, and uh, you know, the finer occasions I occasionally go to, but you know, I'm usually a casual guy. I like, I like khakis, comfortable jeans, nice looking golf shirts and dress shirts that, that are wearable, that wear well. And, and that's what I found when I was younger, I'd always go for the big sale, right? Oh, you know, 
10, 10 shirts for $8. That's got to be a great deal. Well, then you buy them. They don't look good. They sit in the back of your closet. They take up space. You end up throwing them out or giving them a good will, whatever. What I've learned in my older age is buy once. Buy something that you like that's going to look good, that's going to wash well, wear well, look good on the hanger, look good when you put it on again, and you're not going to be replacing it every year or two years. It's going to last you the rest of your life because it's well-made. Stenstrom, Johnny O., Peter, he's a Peter Millar crown shop, uh, and and Scott's one of us. He's a huge sports fan, huge wild fan, huge Viking fan. He's he's big into youth sports, his, his kids. He's always at the hockey rink, the youth soccer field. And when he's not there, he's at his shop. It's the most relaxed shopping experience you're going to have. You're going to walk in. You're going to be dealing with people who are relaxed, who are just knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. They will help you. Just go there. Twill in the Dining Galleria, great for things for you, great for gifts, Twill mn.com. Uh, also want to thank Starbank. I'd like to tell you about Starbank. Starbank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. Their family owned and treat customer relationships is a top priority. You're not a customer number at Starbank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Starbank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Also, thanks to Tuttles, who puts on so many of our live shows around the Twin Cities. Tuttles is your Vikings headquarters for the best football party. They have great game day specials on Miller Lite and Coors Light Tap Beer. Tall stadium cups for just 5 bucks, plus $5 food specials, including brats, hot dogs, jumbo sloppy joes, and pulled pork sandwiches. If pizza's your thing, get 5 bucks off any large pizza. Tuttles has cool game day giveaways, too, including a free number board with your chance to win a $100 gift card. Take in all the Viking game food, fun, and festivities at Tuttles, Tuttles Bar and Grill in Hopkins. Go Vikes! And finally, a reminder, if you're ever injured, just call 612-TSR-TIME, TSR Injury Law. They will take care of you. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. So what we're seeing, John, is that... uh, under Ed Donatel, he said he looked at his defensive personnel, said we can't blitz with this group. We had to lay back and hope they make mistakes. And Brian Flores came in and said, "Well, we can't lay back with this group. We better blitz and make, hope to force them into some mistakes." And the defense isn't the primary culprit here, but it hasn't been good enough either. And I think we just have to get to a point where we say maybe they just aren't good enough. Yeah, I mean, I do think like that's one of the things from yesterday was they were playing a chiefs team that was not is not yet the juggernaut that they have been um that this is not the same explosive precision offense that just wrecks defenses no matter how good or how bad they are um they are still patrick mahomes is still looking for a rhythm he's still trying to find a receiver that he trusts outside of travis kelsey um, the, the running game is good, but not great. And so, you know, you look at that game last, yes, uh, I, at us bank and that was a team that could have been beaten. You know, the, at the, when the schedule comes out, you say, okay, chiefs at home, that's probably going to be a tough one. Really hard to, to win that game. And I just thought that, um, I thought that there were moments where the defense played really well, but again, like the, the, the the missed opportunities to completely shut the door the third and 18 that Mahomes throws a pass up to Justin Watson Bynum is right there either intercepts it if you intercept it or you knock it down you get the ball back and and you're in business there and he just 
the ball goes right through his hands and Watson catches it. And that leads to a touchdown. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, penalty, the pass interference penalty to Harrison Smith, where fourth, fourth and short and Valdez Scantling gets behind the defense and he's got to run back and just kind of runs into Valdez Scantling down the field. Uh, that's a penalty first down. I think they scored a touchdown on that one as well. There's just like, not only is there an issue with talent, because I do think that this is still a defense that is sort of in transition. You have Smith and you have Hunter and you have some older, more established, experienced guys. And then you have young guys that that are totally inexperienced and, and unproven that are coming up and it's a mixture together. So you have that part of it that is contributing to the defensive woes, but then you just have, you know, the inability to complete the play. And, um, you know, you and I talked about this a lot in the preseason leading up to it about finding out how much of a culprit Ed Donatel was last year and how much of it was, you know what, you know, maybe this team just isn't very talented and, and just needs a huge upgrade there. We haven't seen Lewis seen at all. They haven't, you know, gotten a whole lot of contributions. I mean, Marcus Davenport looks good, but, um, you know, a lot of the new guys are just kind of meh or, or, or unproven and, and, and not delivering. And so I do think that there is more potential for this defense to be a good defense with Brian Flores leading the way versus Ed Donatel. But I still think that they are operating within a limited range, given sort of the talent that they have available right now as well. Yes. And we keep looking back at the 2022 draft and seeing uh, Hamilton's playing great for the Ravens and seeing can't get on the field, even three safety sets. Uh, it's just, and I know he had the bad injury and I, I feel bad, badly for him regarding that, but he's just not a factor. And us yep. have trouble getting on the field. Ingram isn't playing well. Um, you know, Booth is not a factor. It's just Everybody misses draft picks, but you can't yep. miss a whole draft class. That's right. Yep. It's it's really tough. I mean, yes, Jordan Addison looks really good. Yes. Um, so so there are there are hits in there and 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 that's you know, we have to look at that as well. But um for a team that is in this sort of period of or it's this stage of its of its growth, however you want to determine it, I'm looking for the right words, but for a team that is trying to remain competitive, but also get younger, you have to have a higher success rate on some of your draft picks so that you can breathe new life into a group that probably needed some refreshing towards the end of the Mike Zimmer era. Um, I think that there there was an age factor. There was just a staleness factor that was that was coming in to this group. And so I think Quasi Adafamensa was right in looking at it and saying, we need to sort of turn over a lot of this roster and get it going. But so far, um, a lot of the players that have been picked that you would hope would start to show some promise and say, okay, maybe they're not ready right now, but you can see it going forward. It's hard to see right now. Now, I, I think Makai, Makai Blackman might be a very good player, mm-hmm. um, but there's just not enough of those right now that you can point to and say, okay, this is this is coming together. And, and we might kind of take some lumps 
this season. But over the next couple of years, these guys are really going to start to come through and be really proven good players for us. And I was talking, Jim, to Alec Lewis, our our athletic uh, beat writer for the Vikings, coming out of it last night. And one thing I want, you know, I'm I'm having trouble with is sort of what is the quasi Adolfa Mensa doctrine? What it, what what characteristics is he trying to infuse into this team that are part of its identity? And you know, you look at sort of like this, the 49ers, it's toughness, right? Um, the Miami Dolphins, it's speed. Um, you know, there's, there's also with, with like the Patriots for years, not now they're, they're, they're in a terrible mess, but for years when they were good, it was versatility with the Patriots. It was guys who could, you could put move all over the, uh, over, all over the field, especially on defense, but even on offense. Um, and I'm looking at what he, the kinds of players that Quasi has brought in and I'm just struggling to identify, okay, this is this is what he wants in a team like this. You can hang your hat on these characteristics and this is how they're going to build going forward. And so there, there feels like a, a lack of tangibility or with, okay, where are they going with this right now? That's my, my impression. I don't know about you. That that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get a couple more specifics here. Um, this is a, Offensive team first. It's a pass first team first within that offense. And Hawkinson and Osborne have just not been good enough. Uh, they've had moments, but too many passes off the tips of the hands. Uh, I know that uh, that Cousins and O'Connell both absolved uh, Osborne of the pass where he ducked in the end zone and saying, hey, that, that pass came to him too quickly. But I, I would, I would uh, submit if you were an NFL wide receiver open in the end zone, you should be looking for the football. Uh, I don't think that's too crazy a, a, a theorem to put out there. Uh, they just haven't been good enough. And one of the one of the strengths of this team was going to be, yes, Jefferson's great, but you also have Hawkinson, Osborne, Addison, who are going to tear up defenses that pay too much attention to Jefferson. And Hawkinson and Osborne, between drops, fumbles, everything else have not gotten it done. Yeah, and, and I think I focus even more on Hawkinson, Jim, because um, he, he had three balls go off his hands mm-hmm. on Sunday. I, you know, we can debate two of them on whether he should have been able to catch it or not. Um, one of them was absolutely just went right through his hands. Yep. He's got to he's got to pull that down. Uh, but you, same with going back to the Chargers game, the last throw of the game. Uh, would it have been a very tough catch in the end zone for him to make? Yes, but it w- went off his hands and it was intercepted. Um, and so, but you know, these would have been tough plays, tough catches. But when you do hold out for big, big money and you start to get paid more than any other tight end in the league, these are the types of plays that are going to be expected of you. And it has not happened. Osborne, yes, it would be mu- it would be great if he was more consistent, got open more, um, you know, kind of converted more and and did those things. Uh, but Hawkinson is the highest paid tight end in the league, yep. and he's got to not just make the routine plays, but make the exceptional plays, and that has not happened to this point. 
And so, you know, we haven't talked about it that much, but Justin Jefferson has a hamstring injury. And if he is out for a couple of weeks, this team is really in danger of going down the tubes in a huge way. Cause let's just look against the Buccaneers in the opener. They scored 17 points. They had 28 against the Eagles. Not bad. Then only 24 against the chargers, 21 against the Panthers and 20 against the chiefs. This is a team that was built with the expectation that they would produce yards and points at a very high level because we knew the defense was a work in progress. We knew that you were going to give up some yards. You were probably going to get in some shootouts, but you have cousins, as you said, cousins uh, in the same system with O'Connell. You have Addison. You have Jefferson. You have Hawkinson. You have Osborne. You have um, you, you have you have Madison and now Acres. This was supposed to be an explosive, high-scoring offense that could win some shootouts, and they have shown absolutely no ability to do that yet they have not had they haven't scored 30 points in a game yet and um and so i think like that's a huge thing especially now when you take the one player out who has been dynamic and who has been record setting and who has been everything you could ask him to be in justin jefferson if he's gone for a week or for three weeks or whatever long it is um where do they find offense when they haven't been able to find it without with him on the field and it's got to start with Hawkinson and probably Osborne as well. And you're, and they just have not answered the bell yet. That is right. Let's get a final thought from John. Once again, thank you for listening. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen. It's also absolutely free. Final thought on this big week, John. Yeah, I mean, I just like, I want to see Kevin O'Connell sort of just get back to the the kind of coaching that was really, I think, impressive in his rookie season of, you know, pushing the right buttons at the right times and getting this team going in the right direction. Because, uh, you know, I asked him specifically after the game about that challenge uh, of the Kelsey play, and he said he would have done it again. He said it was an obvious challenge at the time, and I just disagree with it. I mean, he knows... I, yep so much more about the game and he's so much smarter and, and with with everything than I am on it but just looking at it on his face as soon as the play happened and he threw the flag I I watched it and you just like there's no way they're overturning that that's just not happening and they already had burned one time out and so now they're down another one and so those kinds of things if they're losing games because of talent because of injuries because of things like that. Um, okay. But you, they can't be losing games because of, uh, game management and clock management and timeout usage and things be happening anymore. So I just want to see how he responds and, you know, and, and gets back to it. I think he's really smart. I really like him as a coach. I think the players really respond to him, but, uh, this was not a good game for him and it's not been a great season for him in that way. And so, it's got to. I think he's got to get back to, to the the kinds of button pushing and the management of things that was that happened last year to get them get them going. I've been covering the team since 1990, and there it always feels like when they go to play in Chicago, yeah. there's some cloud hanging over them. <laughs> yes. It always feels like the sense of 
Gloom and Doom when they head to Chicago. They are there again this week. I will be down there. Oh man, it's uh, I, you know I hope they I hope they keep things interesting thing for us the rest of the year. But I don't know. This is going to be fascinating. Uh, good stuff from John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.